The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Welcome, everyone, and happy, happy World Breastfeeding Week. What a wonderful week it's going to be. I'm in a very celebratory mood. I hope that you are too. Now, let's just give this a thought here, folks. World Breastfeeding Week is the perfect time to celebrate mothers and breastfeeding, and La Leche League is the perfect marriage of both, as It's really a breastfeeding organization that was born from the inspiration of several Chicago mothers. And one of those mothers was our guest today, Marion Thompson. Marion Thompson was one of the founders of La Leche League International, and she served as its president for 24 years. She was the first editor of La Leche League newsletter, now Breastfeeding Today, and started the library of breastfeeding research that became the center for breastfeeding information. Marion has launched breastfeeding seminars for physicians starting yearly in 1973, and founded Another Look, which is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to gathering information, raising questions, and stimulating research about breastfeeding and HIV slash AIDS. Marion serves on the International Advisory Council for the World Alliance for Breastfeeding Action and the La Leche League International Board of Directors. And Marion is a popular speaker worldwide. As a matter of fact, I've had trouble getting in touch with Marion the last week because everybody wants to talk to Marion. Mothering Magazine has named Marion its first living treasure. And the New York Society for Ethical Culture recognized her work with its Ethical Humanist Award in 1999. Marion's memoir is Passionate Journey, My Unexpected Life. Marion, La Leche League is certainly a fascination just by understanding that it's, it started more than 50 years ago. And uh, in 2007, I know that you celebrated 50 years, and I do believe that you must have been one of the big celebrators because you were the one who got the whole thing rolling in the first place. So, uh, Marianne, it's really a real honor for me to be able to talk with you. I've heard about you for years, and it's just a real thrill to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about How La Leche League got started, because I always heard it was at a picnic. Is that really true? What had happened was, at that time, I had my fourth 
baby with me that I was breastfed, but I hadn't been that successful with my first three children. I have three different pediatricians for those babies, and those doctors knew nothing about breastfeeding. Uh So when with my fourth child, I had a doctor whose wife had gone through learning to breastfeed herself with her children. At that time, she had six children, and um, she was able to help me breastfeed my babies. So at the picnic, we each had a breastfeeding baby with us, and women that we knew but didn't know their stories came up to us to tell us how they had wanted to breastfeed their babies, but they had the same problems that Mary and I had had, but nobody to help them with it. So they ended up formula feeding their babies. And this was an epiphany for me. For one thing, I had no idea other women had the same problems that I had had. So I, it bothered me that women who wanted to do the best for their babies weren't getting the help they needed. Uh And so I went to Mary the day after, and I said, you know, I want to do something to help women who want to breastfeed their babies. Do you want to go in with me, and what should we do? (laughs) There were no books. There was nothing to read. In fact, my baby book, which was the Better Homes and Garden baby book, uh, actually said it didn't matter if you breastfed or bottled that both things were equal, you know, (laughs) which makes no sense. But anyway, uh, so we talked and came up with the idea of finding some other friends who had breastfed, and we would just share our experiences with women who wanted to nurse their babies. We, um, my friend Edwina, I knew had breastfed, and I called her, asked her if she would like to be part of it, and oh, yes, she wanted to right away. Uh, Mary White had her sister-in-law, uh, Mary, uh, Mary Ann Kerwin nursing her six-month-old first baby. And yes, she said she would like to be too. Uh, then another Betty Wagner was asked. She said yes. Betty knew Mary Ann Cahill who had helped her with breastfeeding. And uh, she said she'd go along. And then Viola Lennon was asked by Edwina Fralick. Viola lived in Chicago, which was the farthest away. She said yes to, so seven of us got together to talk about what we should be teaching mothers who wanted to breastfeed. Marion, as I hear your story, all of a sudden I'm listening with a different ear. For years, I have heard La Leche League talk about mother-to-mother support, mother-to-mother support, mother-to-mother support. And as I hear you talking, I'm thinking... This was literally one mother sitting with another mother and talk about mother-to-mother support in its infancy. That had to be it. Right, it was. Um, Wow. Because it was one mother who had breastfed who had really had gone through the experience and would be the most helpful to another mother who wanted to breastfeed. And I find it interesting that you did you did not fully realize that you weren't the only because I as a nurse for many years, that's one of the things I've noticed about women or people in general for that matter. They always think that they're the only ones in that boat. And it right, sounds like right. when you opened up to Mary White, you found out you were not the only one that needed help. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Yes, and we never, <clears throat> we weren't think, we weren't getting together to start an international organization. We <laughs> thought it would just be, it would just be the seven of us helping women in our small town. I don't think our town had more than 10,000 people living in it at that point in time. But we that's what we thought was going to be the extent of it. I even thought, oh, when they insisted that I be president, because as Mary said, Mary, and it was your idea, I thought, well, what, it'll just take maybe five years to be president, and then we'll be finished with the organization. That was my feeling. That was my vision yes. at the time. Well, and you probably thought that you were just going to be president for a bunch of your friends. Oh, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we were all, you know, we were all mothers busy having children and raising our families. So we weren't thinking along those lines at all. Nobody was feeling they want, needed to have president of this little organization on their resume. None of us had resumes, you know, it right. just wasn't part of our goal. So how did you get from being just a little group of seven mothers who were basically dedicated to helping each other to getting to an international organization with more than 6,200 La Leche League leaders currently uh, in more than 70 countries? How did you grow from sort of the picnic table all the way up to what it is now? Well, I mean, for one thing, when we got together, it wasn't to help each other breastfeed. It was to help women that we were able to hear about or knew about who were pregnant who wanted to breastfeed. So that that was the idea. We didn't think there would be many because at that point in time, we were told only 18% of the babies in the United States born in the hospital started out breastfeeding. And most of them just breastfed for a few weeks or a few months. So Uh we didn't think there there was that much interest. But to our surprise, as soon as women knew there was someone to help them, a lot of women who were bottle feeding really wanted to breastfeed that next baby. And because breastfeeding was so unusual, when people heard about it, it got written about in newspapers and in magazines. And I have to tell you, that's really the reason that we the name became La Leche. I mean, why would we call it La Leche? The fact was, you couldn't use the word breast in public. Oh, yes. Couldn't Even use the B print. word. Right. So we, um, Dr. White, who was Mary White's husband, had heard of this shrine in St. Augustine, Florida, Our uh-huh. Lady of La Leche, which has a, there's a statue of Mary breastfeeding the Christ child. So we thought we could call it La Leche. Nobody would know it could get put in the paper. And we never knew that it was going to grow, so we would have to be explaining what it meant and how to uh, pronounce it even. But and from the beginning, I just wanted to make it clear, from the very beginning, we were had access to two physicians, Dr. White, Mary's husband, and Dr. Ratner, who was Dr. White's teacher. Both of them ah. were strong supporters of breastfeeding. So that and everything we wrote um, went by them first to make sure that we had 
weren't putting anything in it that wasn't scientifically correct. And I'm, and and I think that that uh, philosophy it certainly hasn't been exactly Dr. White or exactly Dr. Ratner, but most certainly La Leche League has been very true to its roots of making sure that it was scientifically based. And I think that that comes through very much so right now. I'm chuckling, too, a little bit as I hear you talk about St. Augustine, Florida, because my husband and I were in St. Augustine one time, and we, I, I don't know, saw a sign for the La Leche League. And, of uh-huh. course, <laughs> my husband said, oh, wow, how about that? They have a church named after La Leche League. And I said, I don't think it's really like that, dear. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I never heard that side of the well, story. For him, at least, La Leche League as as an organization was in his mind. So he was, he was kind of thinking about it backwards. It was really pretty funny. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. I, I think this is a little bit, uh, a little bit bigger. You have done just an absolutely remarkable job of being able to provide that support to really understand that women need support to realize that women need to feel like like they've got somebody to help and like there needs to be a scientific basis. Now, everyone, mm-hmm. we've been chatting with Marion Thompson, the original founder of La Leche League, along with her friend, Mary White. Don't go away. We'll be right back right after this break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly. But instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. 
Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuso, and I'm here today with founder of La Leche League, Marion Thompson. Marion is helping us to celebrate World Breastfeeding Week. And let me tell you, if you weren't in a celebratory mode when you first started, you will be by the time that you listen to Marion. Before we continue to celebrate, though, just a word, which is I'd like to remind everyone, how do you feel about the items that you have for yourself or for your baby? For example, maybe you love your pump, but maybe you don't so much love your flange. Have you taken a look at what the folks at Pump and Pal can offer you? There's a possibility. Check into it. You have a 100% guarantee. If you don't like the product, you can send it back. So take a look at Pump and Pal. That is www.pumpandpal.com. And also, if you're looking for items that are nursing pads or other nursing blankets or things that are not even related to nursing, maybe you just want 100% cotton or maybe you want a woman-owned company to uh, have your products from, take a look at New Angel. And those folks can be reached at www.nuangel.com. So then, Marianne, tell us a little bit about your personal experience as a breastfeeding mother. It sounds like when you started La Leche League, you were breastfeeding your fourth child. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. And then you went on to breastfeed other children as well. Yes, I uh, have seven children. Oh, my. And how, because you said your first three breastfeeding experiences didn't go so well. So how was it with your fourth baby or the fifth, sixth, or seventh babies? Did breastfeeding go better? 
Well, first of all, with the fourth baby, I had a doctor whose own children were breastfed, and so he was very comfortable with it and very supportive of it and understood how breastfeeding was different than formula feeding because that that was one of the problems women were faced with when they breastfed back in the 50s because we live in a formula feeding culture and people expected breastfeeding babies to be brought up the same way. And yet, because it's a very different food and a very different situation, it's a different way of bringing up babies. For example, mothers were told then to formula feed their babies every four hours because it took a good four hours for the baby to digest cow's milk, which is meant for a cow that's going to gain about a 1,000 pounds that first year. Uh, but yes. breastfed babies digest their milk very quick because it's the food that's made for their body and their digestion. So it isn't unusual for them to have to nurse every two hours. But if you were breastfeeding and your baby wanted to nurse every two hours, right away you thought something was wrong with your milk. Your baby wasn't getting fed up, fed. And uh, it wasn't, why was it crying and wanting to nurse some more? But that was completely normal. normal. With the yes. formula-fed baby, you were told you'd feed the baby and then put them in bed and they'd go to sleep for four hours uh, while that food was being digested. But the breastfed baby would... You'd put it down, and it wanted to be held. It needed to be held to be reassured that its mother was there, and they'd cry, but the mother might think then that meant that either something was wrong with her or her milk, that her baby wasn't going right to sleep. Uh, going out in public was almost unheard of with a breastfed baby. Uh, even when I would visit relatives at that time, you would feel that when it came time to feed the baby, they were uncomfortable with the idea of you nursing there, even though you would not be, un, uh, you would not let them see anything. You sure. would have the baby covered with a blanket, but just the whole idea of something that was so unusual in their experience made them com- uncomfortable. So quite often, I would end up spending the whole visit in the bedroom of the family that I was visiting because people just felt uncomfortable about, you know, with the whole situation. So those things um, made it difficult, and they were just simple things. They weren't anything having to do with a disease or something wrong with the baby. Um, It was just that we live in a formula-feeding culture even today, to a certain extent. Oh, absolutely. And uh, this just presented problems for breastfeeding mothers and their babies. Honestly, Marianne, as I hear you talking, I'm thinking about how you are talking from your experience uh, and 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 some of those things we are still hearing today and sometimes almost word for word for example the whole bit with the the baby you know needs to go to sleep needs to go to sleep for 4 hours needs to go to sleep for all night needs to go to sleep mm-hmm. for whatever well breastfed babies just don't behave that way and so as i hear you talking 
I, I'm thinking to myself, there is so much that really has changed with motherhood, with breastfeeding, with cultural perceptions. I think we've made a lot of progress, but in other ways, we're, we're still stuck in some spots too. One of which is that idea that breastfed kids and formula-fed kids behave the same and they just don't. They don't gain weight the same. They don't sleep the same. It is certainly, uh, as you've pointed out, very different. Mary and I also heard you saying basically that because your baby's doctor was so supportive with your fourth baby, that therefore you attributed that, at least in part, to the support that you felt from your doctor. Am I getting that right? I'm sorry. Could you just repeat that last sentence? (laughs) Sure. I said, it seems like that uh, with your fourth baby, because the doctor was supportive, you attributed part of your success to the doctor's support. Doctors are very important. In Uh fact, in every study that I've seen where women are asked where they get their information about breastfeeding, doctors are the number one. So if the doctor doesn't have the right information, that mother isn't going to get the right help that she needs, Uh, which is why in 1973, Uh, I started breastfeeding seminars for physicians. Uh, One of the the Leche leaders had heard about doctors getting continual education credits by going to workshops. And uh, so I contacted the AMA to find out about it and uh, with the help of some doctors put together a seminar and uh, they sent out a, an audit team uh, who were very impressed with what we had to uh, offer, but were concerned that since we were just volunteers doing it, that maybe you couldn't count on volunteers. And the doctor <laughs> said, even if you don't get accredited, please continue to give these seminars because there's no other place doctors can get this information. So they did give us originally uh, just a, a temporary accreditation, uh, but then we got uh, the full accreditation after a couple of years. I think that's very interesting that they thought that because you were a bunch of volunteers that you'd just give up or putter out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they knew they were dealing with you, Marion. I can't see you giving up on anything. I think you would follow something right through. So well, tell me. Uh, that, that is my nature. Uh, <laughs> you know, if I, and it was very important to me that mothers get correct information. Uh, my sister and I were having babies at the same time, in a, and we were both in different hospitals. And it was such an amazing to me to find out that I was told not to uh, eat chocolate while I was breastfeeding because it oh, would yeah. constipate the baby. And my sister in another hospital across the town was told not to breastfeed while she was breastfeeding because it would give the baby diarrhea. And I thought, well, who's right? You know, that was my first of becoming aware of the fact that women were often given stories, not information. Yes. Oh, yes. I can tell you that when I was a young nurse and working at the hospital, I would hear these really 
goofy things that we told mothers. And I didn't really know very much about breastfeeding, but I knew that it didn't sound right or make much sense to me. And so, of course, I would go home and ask my mother. Mm -hmm. And my mother had breastfed all of her kids and her sister had breastfed and so forth. And my mother came out of a very Italian background. So for her, breastfeeding was very normal. And she would say, oh, no, that's baloney. No, 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 there's no truth to that. And my mother was a very simple woman, but she knew enough to know that there was Mm -hmm. no truth to the business about the chocolate and all the other, you know, stuff. Stuff. So, mm-hmm. Marion, I'm I'm hearing very definitely from what you've said. Some of it resounds or resonates, I guess, with some of the things that I've heard or experienced. So, tell me this: La Leche League has been in existence for more than 50 years now, thanks to you and Mary White and your other five friends. So nowadays, there are other organizations as well. I'm thinking of things like Breastfeeding USA, but there are others as well, and there are plenty of mom blogs and so forth. How is La Leche League different from all of these new organizations that have sprung up? We are uh, at least subtly different, Um, but I am so glad all these other organizations are springing up because women need help in different ways, and why, well, with one organization, it might not appeal to somebody, another organization might. How La Leche League is different, say, than Breastfeeding USA, which is a great organization with a lot of uh, women who were La Leche leaders, uh, counseling mothers in it now, is that, uh, as I understand it, Breastfeeding USA isn't a mothering organization. They're more giving you the facts and giving you help in getting over whatever the situation is that you might be challenged with. But in La Leche, from the very beginning almost, the more we talked about it, we realized what we were talking about was mothering through breastfeeding. When you breastfed, it was a different kind of mothering than when you formula fed. When you formula fed, anybody could feed the baby. And yes. I remember babysitting, the big problem or the big challenge was to make sure that the babysitter knew enough about heating the formula, and then testing the formula on the inside of her arm so that it wouldn't be too hot when she put the bottle in the baby's mouth. That, yes. You know, that seemed to be the only concern, not did that, would that baby be unhappy not having its mother there or uh, instead when it came time to be fed. Uh, so mothering has always been a strong part of La Leche, and yeah, when you go when you go to conferences, you, I'm always meeting women who tell me what a difference the leche made in their life, and how they would never be the kind of mother they are today without the leche. So that is, I think, the the mothering component is what's different from the other organizations. I think that is a very interesting and excellent example. And most certainly, I can tell you, having been a nurse for more than 30 years, I have known hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of mothers 
for whom breastfeeding was a major part of their mothering identity, if you will, or they found themselves in, it was a life-changing event. That's, I guess, mm-hmm. what I'm saying. They, At least the way that they communicate it to me, it seems to me that it was very much a life-changing event. And I can honestly say that I have met women who have told me I formula fed my first baby, my second baby, my whatever, and, and I wish that I would have breastfed, but I have never, ever, ever, I have never heard a woman say I breastfed and I wish I would have formula fed. No one has ever said that to me. But I'll tell you what, I am going to have a plenty more to say, and so will you, and listeners, don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuzzo with Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with La Leche League founder, Marion Thompson. We will be right back right after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that, too, through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuzo or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. 
You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Anguzzo with Born to Be Breastfed. I'm your host for tonight, and my guest for you is founder of La Leche League, Marion Thompson. Marion, often when I try to refer a woman to La Leche, a La Leche League meeting, they say, oh, those meetings aren't for me. They're all sitting there nursing their four-year-olds, and that just isn't for me. I feel so out of place. And when people say that, I'm frequently faced with that question, and I don't know how to respond because I feel like they could get something out of it. How would you respond to a woman who made that comment? Well, you know, I'd like to ask her when she actually was in a meeting or knew a friend who was in a meeting who saw a four-year-old being breastfed. Okay. Certainly there are some four-year-olds being breastfed because uh, when you look at at the uh, worldwide statistics about weaning for breastfeeding, it's somewhere between two and seven years. So the four-year-old's right there in the middle. But I wonder if it's just something she heard, and it's her reason for not going. As a dear Uh. friend of mine used to say, when you want to say no, any excuse will do. Uh And I you know, I would just like to see, uh, not to force her to go, you're not, but ask her, is this really true? Do you know somebody who actually saw this? Because then she might at least stop saying it to other people. Yes. Okay. So you're thinking that that might just be um, an excuse or a way to kind of skeeve her out of it. Um, yeah, well, and, yet, I and just... yet, you know, I have to tell you, uh, my mother uh, was Italian, and though she was born in the United States after her family came over here, she would tell me about the farm women in Italy who, when uh-huh. they had a baby, and as the baby got older, when they needed to breastfeed, she would tell me about the toddler carrying a bench out into the fields so her mother could sit down and nurse her, and I thought... Uh... But if that child can walk and talk, I mean, <laughs> why are they still nursing? It, you know, it was just totally outrageous to me at the time. But then you have a baby, and nursing can go on quite a while if you're looking for what the baby needs. Uh, the best thing is to look to your baby for, for guidance, not somebody else giving you a time schedule that the baby's supposed to follow. Marion, I just talked with a woman a few nights ago. She was discouraged that her baby wasn't going to sleep unless she nursed. And the mother said in no uncertain terms, she told me she was just plain tired of it. She wanted to put the baby into a room to cry it out for her by herself. I felt like she was looking for my approval for that behavior, which I did not give. My first thought was to send her to the LHA League website or the phone line or even a local meeting, but she was not at all open to that suggestion. Is there anything I could have said differently to persuade her to at least try La Leche? Well, first I would ask her, is she getting the mothering she needs? That sounds like a woman who's exhausted, who feels she's all on her own. She'd give anything to sleep, even 
close the door and let her baby cry. But then I would also suggest a brand new book that Leche has, a five-star review book that's just come out called Sweet Sleep. Oh, Nighttime yes. And yes. Naptime Strategies for the Breastfeeding Family. Marianne, um, I'm going to interrupt because I don't want you to steal Diana West's thunder. Oh, uh, you're going to have her? Yes, she will be with us in a few weeks. Oh, this is a wonderful little tease for our listeners. Uh, Diana West and um, Linda Smith and Teresa Pittman. And the first author, I believe, was um, uh, Diane Wiesinger. Yes, right, right. She is definitely going to talk to us about that, and I know that you will be 100% behind that. Marion, I know, though, that you have your own book, which is Passionate Journey, My Unexpected Life. What was your motivation for writing the book? Uh, My motivation was finally giving in. People have been asking me to write a book forever, and I am... (laughs) such a busy life that I just didn't even think that this would be a possibility. And then all of a sudden, um, a man, Tom Hale, who has a publishing company, called me up and he asked me to write a book and he would publish it. And I said, why do you want me to write a book? I really wasn't uh, happy about taking on work. And he said, well, Marion, you've had such an interesting life. And that's true, I have. And I couldn't have had that interesting life except that I married the right man and I had the right mother. My husband was supportive of me from the beginning with Lolete because he knew how how much it meant to us to get the right information and support with those first three children. So he was right behind me when I would get invitations to travel He never said, you know, oh, are you going to leave again, or I wish I could go. He'd say things like, Marion, I could never afford to take you to Paris. You go. You have a wonderful time. And he would also, in those days, phoning was so expensive. You didn't make a phone call except to say that you got there safely. And when I would call him to let him know I arrived, he'd say, Everything's just fine at home. You have a good time. And I realized later the house could be falling apart in back of him, but he would not say that because there was nothing I could do about it wherever I was. But he just gave me that comfort in being away. And the other thing was my mother was there to help out. And my husband and my children adored my mother. And she loved to come over and bake things and make things that they love and that I didn't often have time for. So it made it possible. I I was just... a wonderful story. Of of so much that for all the support that you have given to women, clearly you have experienced that kind of support from your own family. Uh, I'd just like to repeat that the name of Marion's book is Passionate Journey, My Unexpected Life. 
And I, I'm sorry to tell all of you that that's all the time we have today. I'd like to thank Marion Thompson, founder of La Leche League, and I'd especially like to thank all of you for listening to Born to be Breastfed. And I'd like to invite all of you to come back next week. Marion already gave me a little uh dangle for you that we'll be talking to Diana West in a few weeks. We've got several other guests lined up. You won't want to miss any of those shows. Please visit my website at borntobebreastfed.com for a preview of what's coming up next week. And if you're interested in professional education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. Again, my website is borntobebreastfed.com. You will find there an email link. You can send questions to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. If you have questions for our wonderful guest today, Marian Thompson, I will pass those along. I'd like to thank Marian for being here. I'm Marie Biancuzzo, and I promise I'll cut help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. Oh, 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 o